Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. All right, guys. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. <laughs> um, my name is Marco. I'm the pastor here at Storehouse, and I'm here with Jay, who is a Covenant member. Good morning. And LC, who is our kids director. Hello. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Pretty good. Yeah. A little nervous about the episode? No, no. <laughs> Pretty sure what we do and don't have it this way. <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be a fun. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be fun. It'll be fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm fine. fine. You're fine. Yeah. fine. It'll be a good episode. And I'm over here thinking, I'm already thinking ahead. I'm like, okay, after this episode, I got to. I gotta go grocery shop. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your friends on tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we're having a party at our house tonight, Woo-hoo. and so I gotta get, I gotta get all the things ready to go. So, mm-hmm. like the grill mm-hmm. and all the, f- mm, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you gotta so, stay hydrated. It's gonna be hot today. I know. It was. Uh, it was like a hundred yesterday. It was. It reached. Yeah. It did not feel like it. I don't know if that's just because I'm used to the heat. True. Like I walked out and I was like, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's warm. <laughs> There's a difference here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but by the time, like, I was meeting with Tony, and um, uh, oh, I don't know. He left in the evening, and it was cooler. Yeah, you know, it wasn't horrible, right? So, but yeah, I mean, we're opening the doors at it's, seven. It's getting there. It's starting to get to the warm days and months. Yeah. The next eight months are going to be <laughs> winter's <help> over. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it'll be nice and warm this tonight when we start the grill. Nope. Well, cause, cause the thing is like, I'll be in front of the fire and so it's going to be Basically, hotter there yeah. than where everyone else is at and everyone else is going to be like in the house, I guess, but uh, that's fine. I, yeah, dude, we're, we're grilling a lot of food tonight. Nice. Because it's a mix, like. Rebecca and I were, were doing a head count. We're like, I think this is who is coming. And that's a problem with the valley. You never know. Yeah. And so it's like, we think this is who's coming. And so with kids and adults, it was like 23 people. And so I was like, all right, I got to go buy a lot of food. Uh, because I wanted to buy an excess amount of food so that we would have food for the rest of the weekend, like a food prep kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. knock it all out. Yeah. Knock it all out at once. So yeah, we're I'm going to be grilling a lot of food, a lot of quesadillas. What else do we have going on? Yeah. So there's, yeah. you know, 20, 20 plus people showing up to the house today. But the weather's going to be, and we went out last night and we were sitting outside and it was around 738 and it was pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. By it's that not time it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts to cool down a great, a great deal. And so like I might start the pit at seven and everything will get started. And cause yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's just going to be a lot of food being put on that. It'll, take, it'll get taken care of. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be taken care of. <laughs> As so, always. Yeah, man. So I got all these like errands I got to run after this to go to all the different places. So we'll see. Good stuff. Yeah, it'll be worth it. Um. So this morning, I thought it would be cool for us to talk about, or it would be good for us to talk about what we're reading. So we're constantly looking at articles. We're constantly examining various topics. And sometimes we reference some of the books that we've either read or that we're reading. And so I thought for a brief moment, 
<laughs> I thought Jay's a little scared. Um, so I thought for a brief moment or for an episode, uh, we'd caught, we'd talk about, um, what we are reading, either what we've already read or some of the things that we're reading right now. And, and, and in brevity talking about, man, what is it that we're getting? Would you recommend this book to others? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so who wants to go first? Jay, you raise your you guys, hand. Wow. You guys are Look sitting. You. I know you guys can't see any of this. Both of them have <laughs> five or six books in their laps as if they're just showing off their bookness. I thought you, you were going to bring some books. Well, I have. Yours are in your digital reader. Also, not what I wanted, but it is what we have. So this is I out think of it, the joy I of feel the like Lord. it was a trap about books. <laughs> but one of the books I have, you've read. Sure. So, yeah, you have. Yeah, I don't want to talk about your reading acumen versus what I'm doing. No. With... Well, here's the thing. So, Elsie and I are part of a secret society. I, it's not secret. I know you guys are part of a book <laughs> yeah. club. Yeah. It's called the Dead Poet Society. With two other members. Yeah, with two other members. And it is really just who can read the most books in a year. So, you all brought your book club to the podcast. and No. Elsie's <laughs> winning. This year, so far this year, Elsie is winning. So why are we starting with me? Elsie's got like this breadth, this depth of reading knowledge. I mean, <laughs> it's just the file on your lap. I'm just going, going with it. There's <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, there's there was. I'm one not week. setting like a cap either. I think I got two um, in my head last year. I'm like, what was the I'm goal that you had last year? I think it was twelve, like a rate? book a month. I think eleven and a half. That's right. Something like yeah. that. And I was I'm, like, well, I'm just going to read. I'm really behind. I'm worry about. I'm yeah, but you read, you read for all sorts You're... of other reasons and enjoyment. Well, so we have rules in the Dead Poets Society. And so the rules are, number one, no fantasy books, I think, right? That should be a rule for no. life. No, 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 uh, no commentaries. Yeah, com- well, that was one of them for sure. Uh-huh. No Commentaries don't count because I'm mm-hmm. constantly in commentaries or some kind of sistheo. Wait, right. e-books? Um, did e- those count? Yes, because Everett, Everett read one ebook last year. Yeah. And um that was also his only book. So um <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. No electronic books. No, those those you could do ebooks. You can do so. ebooks. At you first we're like, well. Yeah, you can't do you can't do commentaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Um because you're just kind of flipping through the middle, the back, you know, and all that stuff. So no commentaries or commentaries don't count. Um I forgot what else didn't count, but every one. once oh, in a while, like it had to be bound, like it had to have a cover. <laughs> it can't be like, read. There could be no because yeah. I had like a not an article, but it was like, oh, was it biblical productivity? I was like, That's does right. this count? Yeah, it was. A, it was a lengthy article. We're like, no, no, that does not count. I was and like, so, that's fine. I'm asking. It's a magazine article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so so we uh, we do this. We have a group chat where we're posting books, and then oh, we post it when we're done. When we're done, yeah. So and um, and then we meet once a year <laughs> to review. Like, okay, we're this is we, what we read. We meet once to calculate a year. All yeah, the books. we have some food and drinks, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, how many books did you read? And then kind of give an overview. Why'd you like it? And it, it, you get the floor for however much time you need, and you just kind of go back and forth on this is what we did. And so, like one of the books that both Elsie and I read last year was. Um, Dark Cloud, Deep Mercy by Mark Mark Rogop. And that was a really good conversation. We mm-hmm. didn't even get to some of the other books. We we just stayed there for a while talking about... I think Vanessa read that book also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah talking about this one. like a... 
I, I suppose, the doctrine of lament. And mm-hmm. so that was a really, really cool conversation. But yeah, we only meet once a year. Uh, I have some food and drinks. And the 11 book, 12 book. That's it. Yeah. Because so, there is another staff member of Storehouse who can read like this book in a day. Yeah. In less than like five I need, hours. I need names. This is... And uh, I won't name him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to him. <laughs> <laughs> to him. Yeah. So, so he no, is. Was, he's the it, coach of the, it was, the group. It was. It was. <laughs> it, was no, it was something about like the kind of books he read because all of us were reading these. It was a different genre. That's why I said no fantasy books. Well, still because, any book. He's, yeah. Yeah. Done. Well, it must be nice to have time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so. Yeah, um, the other one who's in the Dead Poet Society is Christina. And Christina mm-hmm. catches up. She's a teacher, so she catches mm-hmm. up during spring break and the summer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she will, like, bulldoze through books. And mm-hmm. so right now, Elsie's in the lead. And so she needs to really keep that up because in the summer, Christina will just bury herself in books. Is there a prize the lead of nope. self bragging rights. I mean, you could, dude. It's really. Like, I know. I'm just joking. Like <laughs> be like, look at what I read. I think again because the conversation takes a uh, uh, a different route of like, okay, what is it that you really read? What? So one of the books that I read last year was Gentle and Lowly, right? Um, uh, Christ's Heart yeah. for Sinners and Sufferers. Yeah, Vanessa needs to be part of y'all's. Yeah, dude. And so we were reading that. Awesome. Yeah, and so we were there for. On that book, for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Christina read that this year. Have you read it yet? Not yet. Not yet. That's yeah. on my list. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so there's just a ton of books. And so for me, I read a lot of, the, like, I read the same kind, but I read a lot of theological books. I read a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. And so last year, I was the reigning champion, but not right now. I'm mm-hmm. really behind. Elsie is in the lead. It's Elsie, Christina. Myself and then Schmevs. Have you read and completed one book this year? So no. He, <laughs> when did you tone that he took complete a Dark Clouds Deep Mercy? Okay, so you okay, got one got book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you finished it, man. You finished it. Yeah, you finished That's it. That's what matters. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And so. um so yeah, so we do this dumb book club we just because we can. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, anyway, so yeah, so today we're going to talk about some of the books that we're either reading or that we've read. Uh, why don't we actually, yeah, let's start with you, Elsie. Why don't you give us, um, give us this quick overview of like, what are a couple of books that you've read and then okay. kind of... Put most of your attention on the one or two books that you're currently reading and what you're getting out of it. Okay. Um, this year, I guess, has started on some like personal readings of like, things that have hit home. So this series, I meant this uh, friend of Kathy Fonseca's. Um, her name was Lynn Michelle, and she wrote four books on her experience and journey with battling ovarian cancer. So um, she, Lynn, had actually sent me her fourth fourth book and like made a little dedication because at the time I was going through medical issues, um, initial the initial part of it, um, and my health stuff. Um, we had connected 
between Kathy. And so she had sent me a couple messages like, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, keep the faith, like, you mm-hmm. know, stay strong, stay in Christ mm-hmm. kind of um, encouragement. And so that was super helpful. And then hearing her about her life more and more, her love for the Lord um, and how she just, yeah, all the medical appointments, every everything that just like kept coming up. Um, yeah, the, uh, it was just really encouraging. So um, what's the name of that series? So it's um, this last book is called Using My Broken and it's she's titled the books after like what hashtags she she would uh, use for raising awareness for um, ovarian cancer and um, just her journey to fight. Gotcha. So like it's not time yet or not gonna, not giving up stuff like that. Okay. And gotcha. so, yeah, so she wrote she writes about her appointments or her family, her support system, um, her struggles mm-hmm. um, and so all in that pointing back to to God and stuff. And so that's been helpful too recently because also recently other family members have just had medical issues as well. A cousin of mine uh, got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. My dad having his heart attack, like just so many things happened already in the, like the first three months of this year. So this kind of has been helping with like, Hey, remember like one, you're not alone in the, when these things happen, God is still in control. Um, and the body, the brothers and sisters of faith, like are alongside you in the fight and in mm. the prayers and in the support. So that's been really good. Um, and then um, I'm also in the, the Chronicles of Narnia series. Um, right, yeah. I share this reading um, with my niece, Natalie. Yeah. She's the oldest of my nieces and nephews. Uh, she's 11 now. And so she already read through book five, I think, or four. So I'm on book three now. I just finished uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and so I never read these as a kid or even in, I think it wasn't until college. I One of my Bible classes, the professor read us The um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. like a chapter either every class or every other class. And so I was like, what is this? Um, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. And um, and so, yeah, that's... Um, that's that. I'm going That's into what you're three. currently reading. Currently reading, yeah. Gotcha. Those these first two. So I kind of flipped it, but okay. yeah. And then um, out of the books that you've read, because uh, I see you got four, which two um, do you recommend? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. It's okay. I recently also finished something else, and I forgot what it I was. I don't remember. Um. Because you're in the lead, so I'm um, just focusing yeah. on me. Right if you now. haven't read <laughs> um, "Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy," yeah, that, it's a wonderful book. I, I recommend that. that. Um, it's it's it's, it's just a, another it's level. Not long. No, it's not. Yeah, it's just another level of seeing right the doctrine of lament and it breaking down where it is in scripture. One, but two, like the practice of it that is ongoing, mm-hmm. um, a spiritual discipline, you know, just as you're in the word, you're, you study the word, you meditate and yeah. lament is also one of those things. And it's kind of discarded like as just grief yeah. and only for a little bit or, or it is not overemphasized either. Like this is a practice because yeah. we can grieve our sin well as we bring it to the cross, you know, and yeah. as we go through different life events and circumstances, um, brokenness and heartache or whatever it is the um, that book I highly recommend and the uh, oh and what 
I will mention this. We read um, a book on Bonhoeffer and yes. stuff. Yeah. And Life Together. Life Together. I think it was on Community. Yeah. So that was really good. I recommend that. And there are two other ones, smaller book, and it's a small book. Yeah. Um, but man, it is so captivating. Yeah. Um, so that led me to borrow uh, Bonhoeffer's autobiography, yeah. which you let me. Yeah. So that's what I just started also. Yeah. Yeah, Bonhoeffer is a beast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, I mean, exploring the, yes, the doctrine of lament and exploring what it means to cry out to God while at the mm-hmm. same time experiencing the tension of his promises. Yes. And, and, and kind of how you work those things out uh, or how you work those two things out is was crucial, especially last year. I thought that was a really good book for last year. And then, uh, yeah, Life Together by Bonhoeffer is one of my one of my favorite uh, books for sure. Yeah, I think he has what's the other one like Christ centered or something like that. And oh man, I forgot the third one. But yeah, Bonhoeffer's books. Yes, I mean, there's very few that I don't like. I mean, uh, Life Together is wonderful. Christian ethics, the cost of discipleship. Um, yeah. Um, well, it was in that. It was like that smaller book that we read. Yeah. Life together and there were two other ones that yeah. like coincided with it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um so yeah. Nice. So Bonhoeffer and then these two other ones are they're called the attachment parenting book because I'm I teach infant massage and That's then right. smart moves to help with the occupational therapy aspect that I do PRN stuff. Yeah, because if people will don't do. know, <laughs> you you are an OT. You're yeah. an occupational therapist. Yeah, I haven't been practicing um but I'm easing my way into it yeah um very very soon so that's awesome reminding myself of all the things yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the seven books you just yeah. said okay great okay, thanks so my <laughs> comics so would you bring <laughs> my comics <laughs> don't play here at yeah. this podcast yeah would you what, what have you uh, been reading so i'm reading right now the peacemaker by kevin sandy or Sand, yeah is that yeah, right yeah. uh but i just finished or not so long ago um Family Discipleship, the Chandler book, and that book is excellent. It talks about basically how to disciple your kids. Uh, I think he breaks it down into three categories, just time, moments, and milestones. Yeah. And it's a very convicting, practical book that talks about how to love your kids well and the power of your actions and words when it comes to them. And it really gets the heart of your motivation for doing that, and it's all to walk your kids to Christ for the glory of God and to see them grow in their relationship despite your own reservations about that and your own shortcomings just to use scripture and the gospel to take time out of every single day and be about Jesus and he doesn't pull any punches it's uh, I forget the other author of that other author of that book Adam Griffin yeah so yeah. they go back and forth and say what practically these times these moments these milestones look like in their own household which is good for practical application and it also um there is a ton of at the end of every chapter uh advice and and ways you can go about making things these things happen because i think as parents we get so busy with all the things with your own job with right. the routine of the night um it helps you focus on how am i going to bring jesus into this conversation well uh part of it is taking time out being very intentional uh, with your children about spending time in the Word. Um, for me, it's every morning having a Bible study with the boys and giving them some sort of scripture. Uh, we're going through right now um, 
the full armor of God. And part of that book emphasizes you can't be filled with this pressure about um, giving Jesus to your boys or your, to your kids because there's always opportunity. In every moment, there's an opportunity. So that book breaks down into take time out and be intentional, study the word. Also, in the practical sense, while you're, I think he says like chunking chicken nuggets to the back seats while you're running through things, you can always point out the goodness of God and you just continue to make God the center of your conversations in every moment, whether it's the goodness of God, whether it's hard things about them. Mm. Um, but you make that part of a rhythm of your day that never leaves a conversation. And as you grow them, it'll become part of their conversation as mm -hmm. well. It takes pressure off of you by giving you so much advice and also gives you a good convicting spiritual uh, kick in the butt. Uh, for lack of a better words for that, uh, where you are <laughs> realizing the impact you have on your child as God has given you this gift to disciple and walk to him. And although we're not saving anybody, uh, we sure have the uh, privilege and honor of watching this little life walk to Christ and what you say matters and how you, your example for them matters. Mm -hmm. And so that book is both convicting and encouraging it brings you to tears at times because you think through your own children and your shortcomings and also offers the grace of christ in those moments to be able to uh, persevere through your own uh, shortcomings as a parent and as a person pursuing christ um, it has allowed me to um, parent and disciple with less pressure and more joy mm -hmm. um, while being given a little bit of tools for my tool belt to be able to bring these things out. And as I'm part of one of the biggest things of the book is if you are not walking with the Lord, if you are not in your Bible, if you are not uh, yourself rooted deep in, I think he, the words he uses is steeped in like, like a tea bag is steeped in water when mm. it like, it is completely soaked and saturated by, mm. for our application, the word, you will not be effective with your children because they can sniff out fakes. Yeah, They can sniff out inconsistency and hypocrisy. Not to say you don't confess sin, but you cannot fake this. This yeah. is uh, intentionality. It is putting yourself aside. It is loving your children well, while also in their small parts of that. This is more family-focused, um, but there is also, hey, if you're married, you and your wife come alongside each other and love her well, love each other well, and... It's a partnership where you can just continue to disciple. The book does a great job of um, giving a 10,000 foot view and then breaking it down and saying um, regular everyday moments, be intentional about time with them. And then there's a little bit of a deeper uh, milestones uh, that I didn't talk about too much. But as these things come up, whether it's um, uh, your son or daughter reading through the chapter of the Bible, figuring out some of these more important theological points, uh, baptism, making much of the kids in those moments, yeah. really celebrating their uh, walk with Christ and as they come to these things, um, taking time to recognize what they're doing and the way Scripture says that Christ rejoices and heaven rejoices when he brings another into his family, you modeling that in your own family yeah. by making much of your kids so that they know that you guys are firmly planted in the joy that 
I mean, because part of the walk is kind of, it is a grind, it is work to walk them through, but just the joy that's coming with celebrating these little lives yeah. um, coming into the the family of Christ. Uh, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, what I really appreciated about the book, particularly toward the end, was there were several chapters that were dedicated to the different kinds of things that you can do with your kids mm-hmm. depending on their, their age, and particularly when it came to milestones. That was really helpful for me uh, having an almost 16-year-old where like, I feel like there are these occasions where you feel like you're running out of occasions once they stop being small children, right? Like not just the birthdays and, and, and not just going from third grade to fourth grade right. <laughs> or like the, the AR reading, but these mm-hmm. really big um, moments in their life that you want to make a big deal out of, right? And so um, when Seth turned uh, like 12 or I think it was 13, that was a big deal in the sense of, hey, you're officially the teenager now. You're you're a young mm-hmm. man, um, but in addition to that, like getting into high or, or moving into high school or graduating high school. Um, recently, um, recently, Seth made it to to the state competition for band, and so it's like, okay, that's a milestone. That's going to be yeah. something really big that we want to celebrate, that we want to make a big deal of. And so that was really helpful when I think. Like when, 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 when Seth was, was, uh, much younger, some of these, it was more about moments that you can really emphasize with small children. And then as they get older, because they get involved in more things, I think sometimes the pressure I had on myself was like, man, how do I, how do I make much of these moments? And the idea is, man, some of those moments have given me a catalyst to think about milestones now. And now because you know, he made it to state. Uh, he's doing really well in school. These these uh, responsibilities that he's now embracing were were uh, really good ideas for for us to consider milestones in his life and celebrate those, make a big deal out of them. I think what I also appreciated about the book was um, there was a section devoted to the role of the church in discipling our children. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. helpful seeing uh, them expressing, hey, other brothers and sisters in Christ aren't necessarily raising your kids, but they are coming alongside of you mm-hmm. as you raise your kids. And so I thought that was going back to our last podcast concerning like church membership, right? We were mm-hmm. talking about like this commitment to one another. It's not just in light of when we sinned, when, but it's this commitment to one another uh, regarding doing life together. Yep. Right. And so, and that involves the children, right? Mm-hmm. The children are a part of this. The children are disciples as well. And so we're actually going to come alongside as parents are disciples. So that was a really helpful um, encouragement uh, to, to, to read that section on the role of the church and just in family discipleship. Yeah. A couple of other things that stood out to me about the book were one, uh, I think that as adults, we get caught up in what discipleship would look like um, with too much rigidity. Like it needs to be this amount of time. We need to be talking about, uh, theologically thick stuff. They need to understand these things. Um, and then the reality of the fact that my four-year-old twins have an attention span of maybe nine or ten minutes. And then they start asking me about something completely unrelated. And my eight-year-old, Mateo, he is, I can get him for about 15 to 20. And not to stress over those kind of things. As God works in their heart, as the Holy Spirit works through those things, your faithfulness to your call is what's important. Your consistency yeah. with them is what's important. Yep. You are not saving anybody. God loves mm-hmm. them more than infinitely more than you could. Mm-hmm. 
and he is set, he has given you these gifts to be able to love well and walk along. That was something that part of the taking the pressure off was just be faithful to what you've been called to. Right. These things look very different from family to family based on your situation and stop thinking it's about you because it's not. It's about Christ yeah. and faithfulness. That is a growth period, uh, growth thing as an adult or as a parent that uh, it's it's difficult for me because you want to control the things, right? And yeah. it, it's not in your control. Like I don't know uh, if and when by you know the grace of God, I pray that my sons will come to Christ and I'm also not responsible for saving them. Just being faithful to my call. Yeah. Um, another thing, I kind of lost my train of thought. What it stood out to me so much was, um, what was I about to tell you? It was actually the first thing I wanted to say. Um, oh, uh, on the role of the churches, you were talking about mm, that. Mm-hmm. I think that, and we've talked about this offline. We've heard about it at you know from a sermon. Is that parents have a misconception? I'm glad the book put in the role of the church mm-hmm. as what it should be, and it should not be the primary discipler of their children. A lot of parents are under the assumption that, oh, we go to church, we check off the box for children's church, they get what they need on Sunday, and we're, we're moving. It should be a supplement to what is going on through the other six days of of the week, and as, as you're living and walking through uh, your day, you are the primary discipler. Scripture is clear about how, how you should walk your kids and the church is to come alongside and support and love and teach, but don't be mistaken in thinking uh, it's the church's job principally, it's the pastor's job principally, it's your job principally. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, it. the book did a great job in uh, saying that plainly and not making any excuses for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. absolutely, because there's that trend, and, and you can speak into this, Elsie, but yeah, there's that trend that um, even when we like began training several of your volunteers, it was, it was uh, iterating mm-hmm. that... Our kids' ministry is not childcare. Uh, right. Our kids' ministry is, um, yeah, it's not childcare. It's not babysitting. It's, it's not babysitting. It's um, us coming alongside parents as parents are discipling their right. kids. Yes. So, yeah, you want to speak into that? Oh, no, yeah. I uh, made me think of, I think we were talking about this recently, too, the, the elements of ownership of our... Um, our sanctification and our understanding of scripture and um, in our spiritual walk. And so as a parent, not talking it up to, oh, I'll leave it to all the teaching, leave it to the church that we go to, or leave it to the little videos that are online. And that's it. Check it off the box type of deal. Granted, they, like you, as you consider families, I think more and more there's been like this brokenness for wanting to serve all families well and finding the vast variety of families that are out there. And so anyone who's coming for the first time, like you can tell like, man, if they're, they're just hearing gospel for the first time, but then they're bringing the kids they are open to like hear all the things and then, um, distinguishing, okay. You know, other families have been coming consistently and they say they're Christians and they're still not that maturity is that fruit is still not showing Mm -hmm. and it's been quite some time. And so distinguishing, okay, are they plugged into community? Is there, where is the gospel really being preached or what gospel is being preached at home? And so there's this, right. Like you mentioned, Marco. Yeah. And, and training our volunteers for kids ministry here at storehouse. it, It was 
first having to define um, gospel-centered um, discipleship um, and that being the foundation for the ministry itself, that the ministry wasn't the foundation for yeah. anything. Yeah. It was out of our identity and as disciples of Jesus um, and coming alongside uh, yeah. parents and supporting them. And so that making a huge difference and giving a, a completely um, different outlook on the ministry. Yeah. It's can be considered a program or it's their classes, mm-hmm. Sunday school. It has different terms, yeah. but kind of like we mentioned before, like keeping the main thing, the main thing, yeah. um, the reason why we're here and what we get to do and get to be a part of as Christ has inv- invited us to do his work. Um, like this is a really, um, important thing that we can't neglect and, and the reason for it. Um, and so I just lost my train of thought. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really important for the church to make sure there's clarity regarding this. Yes. Because I think one of the evidences of, of fruit, I think, in, in kids' ministry, um, especially this last year, was hearing kids ask parents really mm-hmm. tough questions yep. about, about Scripture and yes. specific questions to the work of Christ. And parents realizing i need to i need to get in my bible i need to read a lot more i need to ask questions Questions, i need to i need to dig into the bible with my kids i think that was that was such a a a win um because it was it was yeah it was certainly preaching yes the the church has a role in helping and coming alongside parents as they disciple their kids Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that you are saturated and thinking deeply of the things of Christ because the questions are coming. It's not a question of if Mm -hmm. it's a question of when it's when. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Yeah. It was a great book. Family discipleship by Chandler and Griffin was really, really helpful Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. How's peacemaker going? It's very (laughs) <laughs> it's very, very convicting. Really? Uh, the idea behind Peacemaker is uh, the biblical solution to conflict. Sure. Uh, both personal and professional. But he really focuses a lot on personal. Okay. And the idea that if um, you're a follower of Christ and you are doing everything to the glory of God, then conflict is not results-oriented. It's, it's a black and white thing. It is, are you glorifying God in this moment or aren't you? Sure. Mm-hmm. Not the right or wrongness of a situation, not the. Um, so it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Yeah. It, it's it. It's not a. How do you feel about that? It's what does Scripture say about yeah. that? What would the Bible say about that? Um, it is an. Uh, it presents the book as an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity to reflect Christ. And are you taking the opportunity to do that? Um, some of the big hits of. Of, of the chapters are taking the log out of your own eye. Like when you're in a conflict, you are to scripturally examine where your contribution to the conflict was and is and what are you doing to reconcile, to to repent of the things that you have done and reconcile yourself back to not only Christ but the person. And then in the right way uh, with truth and love approaching the person if there's been sin committed against you. But the whole book is pointed back at examining your heart mm. in the midst of conflict, um, being able to uh, look past offenses, being able to get past yourself, stop relying on your own feelings to, to give you the as a barometer for what is going on in the situation, asking you 
there's not escaping scripture. It is, is this right in the eyes of the Lord or is it not? Mm-hmm. No matter if you are completely wrong, no matter the reaction of the other persons, people, organization, you doing what Christ has called you to glorifies God. And that is the only thing that's important. Mm-hmm. So you can put your feelings away. You can put your rightness away. You can pre- yeah. put your bow, no, but she, but he, because I'm guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. As immediately I'm thinking, well, what did they say to offend me? And that's a big deal. Like yeah. I have had like admittedly. So like I would be offended too easily. And yeah. I was thinking about me, not about Christ. And if our goal with each other and not only in personal relationships uh, that are like husband and wife uh, or like myself and Vanessa, she's my fiance. And if the goal is bringing them closer to to Christ, the goal is um, for us to be, to grow in holiness in our sanctification. Then what does that have to do with how you feel about what just happened? Right. It's not that there isn't a place for feelings and that hurt isn't real. And that sin isn't committed against you. It is how do you handle that? Not practically, but in light of what scripture has said and in light of what Christ has done. Do you think you've ever been more wrong than Christ was wronged? Do you think you've ever right. had a reason to be more offended than Christ did? And what does he say and what is his response? What is your example? Your example is not the person sitting across from you. Your example is Jesus. Yeah. And like we talk about here a lot, you're not having an argument with me. You're You're talking about... Go argue with the Bible if that's how you feel. Right. <laughs> um, and we're, I think we're in chapter five or six, and it's just a constant pressing on, um, take a hard look at your heart issues. Yeah. And by the grace of God, you're able to not only deal with them in a way that loves people better, loves mm-hmm. people well, but also you're given the strength by God's grace to get through that moment. Yeah. It wrecks your heart. It convicts you. Um and there's no, what the book does a great job of is continuing to look back at the gospel, continue to look back at scripture. It isn't a self-help book. Wow. It isn't a um, look inside yourself or how do you feel? It isn't any of that <laughs> at all. It sure, is, sure. Here is Christ, here is God, here is what you think about him as you respond. Yeah. Um, and there's no two ways about it. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, that I would highly recommend as we're halfway through the book and... Yeah, it's very, very real. Yeah. Very real. <laughs> That's it's great. Real stuff about you that you're sure. like, man. No, no, no. Yeah, it's absolutely me. You want to yeah. put the book down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, shh, 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 don't say that too loud. Yeah. Somebody's going to see I that. I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a great book. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So. Marco, uh, what are you reading? I'm reading, I think I read too many books at one time. That's my problem. But, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> both the humble brags here in the room i read too much <laughs> no not too much i said no, no, I read no. too many at one it's time like, oh this book oh this yeah. book oh this book wait yeah, i didn't even finish the first one i yeah, started because I'll, yeah. I'll open it up and like sweet i'm halfway through what he came out with Squirrel. another book yes. and so oh, i'll open author. up that book yeah. yeah and i'll start reading it and i'm like oh i gotta finish this but i've been wanting to read this one <laughs> and then i'll get started on that one and then you realize I have started and finished nothing and I have too many books. (laughs) And so once I get to that like four book mark, like I have four books that I haven't finished. Yeah. Uh I'm I'll stop. Okay. I got to read one, finish that one and then finish another one, then finish another one. And then I'll tell myself 
not to do that again. And then I'll pick up a book and I'll start reading it. And then I'm like, but this, and then I'll read some other nerd book. <laughs> like you all mentioned these two books. I haven't read yet. So I'm like, I go home this weekend. I'm like, oh, already, let me read the first page. Yeah, on Amazon. <laughs> I yeah, read yeah, the yeah. first page on Family Discipleship. Oh, the first page of Peacemaker. Okay, yeah, wait, yeah. that's like so. I so I do that a lot. It's it's not so like oh yeah. I read four books and then I'm done. No, it's like there's spread and I yes. I've um, added too many more plates to to my to my already spinning plate. Yeah, and so um yeah I brought some books. Um I read Family Discipleship. I read Family Discipleship because I think you and I bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you tackled it first. And so, yes. yeah, I finished it and not too long ago. I already spoke on it, so it was really good. Um, two of the other books that I finished recently, uh, one was uh, Christ-Centered Conflict Resolution by Tony Morita, and I really appreciated it because, it was a, one, it was a really short book on, um, uh, on conflict resolution, but it's also um, the way he told me about it was... Um, he took the book that you're reading, The Peacemaker, and he said, "Man, if I could, if I could write a book on conflict resolution in just a little over a hundred pages, what would I say?" And condensed uh, essentially The Peacemaker mm-hmm. into into this short book. And so it's a really good book because it's really practical. And what I really I keep on saying really, but what I appreciated most was um, particularly in the beginning, he kept coming from a place of, um, he kept coming from Colossians. And so us walking through Colossians was a great help in reading this book on conflict resolution. And uh, one of my favorite chapters was how he described what loving one another actually looks like. Um, and I think oftentimes, or he goes, and Tony Morita goes on to say that oftentimes people associate loving one another with these really large deposits of love, almost to the, to the point of like martyrdom because of, because of how much you love. But the truth is, um, how we love one another is really going to come through these 25 cent deposit, daily deposits, Mm -hmm. just these. And, and a friend of mine, Will Walker, uh, goes on to describe what gospel culture looks like. And he says something really uh, similar. Um, so not just in with Tony Marita, not just in loving one another, not only does it mean these 25 cent deposit daily deposits into the lives of those around you, but that is also how you develop a gospel culture, a gospel, uh, a gospel culture within a church. Isn't these really big magnanimous stories. Uh, there are some of those, but primarily it is these short, ordinary, small stories throughout the life of, of everybody where you begin to see this formation of the gospel occur. Um, anyway, so that was really helpful. Um, another one that I just, I finished reading this one last week is called Journey to the Cross, and it was a devotional. It was a 40-day uh, devotional by, by Paul Tripp, uh, specifically in the season of Lent. So right before we started Ash Wednesday, or right before uh, Lenten started, um, uh, I started this, and it is so freaking good. And Paul Tripp is one of the only individuals whose devotionals I actually read and stick to. There have been other devotionals that I've started and never finished. I'm like, this is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Next. Think (laughs) about my feelings. And uh, so I never, I rarely finish devotions, so it's, it's Charles Spurgeon, um, C.S. Lewis has one, and, uh, and, and Paul Tripps are pretty much the only ones that I actually start and finish. 
And so, man, it was just, and, and it's so wonderful because it's classic trip. Like he's really going classic at the trip. center of yeah. the, of, of the heart of the individual, mm-hmm. forcing the individual to look upon the cross of Christ, yeah. forcing the individual to consider the cost of grace, mm-hmm. um, and forcing the individual to, um, inwardly reflect on the condition of our hearts as sinners and the need for a savior. So he is, he is really just um, narrowing everything down, which is great, but he's narrowing everything down to the centrality of the cross, the sufficiency of Christ, uh, us being dead in our sin, uh, the cost of redemption so that we would be freed from our bondage to sin and then concluding with the resurrection, like building all the way up to the resurrection was really cool. Um, expressing, and we've talked about it here at, from the pulpit, expressing mm-hmm. that man, the church is the fruit of the resurrection. And, and he, he doesn't leave it at that. And he's like, so because of the resurrection, this is who you are. This is where you must go. This is what you must do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a really good, good devotional. Um, each devo- Each day is only about two to three pages. And he concludes with, uh, two to three questions and, and some scripture reading. And so I, um, all of 2020 coming into 2021, I've been in the Psalms and, uh, and so that's been really good and fruitful. Um, and so walking into the devotion, he starts with the Psalms. And so it it was really cool to have some familiarity with many of the Psalms that he was referencing and going back to old notes and looking at, uh, this scripture from a different perspective in light of Lenten, uh, mm-hmm. was, was really beneficial. So that was cool. Those are two books, uh, that I've, that I've read two books that I'm reading that I'm trying to finish right now. Uh, the first one is called disruptive witness speaking truth in a distracted age. This is by Alan Noble. Uh, this is a really good book, uh, regarding the digital age, right? Uh, everything is digital. Uh, we're constantly checking our phones. Everything is made available to us because of Apple TV and Wi-Fi and certainly our personal devices. Um, and I started reading this book after Everett was reading. Um, what was it called? What was the book you read? Oh, yeah. Digital Minimalism uh, by Cal Newport. Right. And uh, and so he was reading that book and I really wanted it, but it was uh, I don't remember why I didn't get it at first. And so but I landed on Disruptive Witness. And what I really appreciate about Disruptive Witness is that he calls it like it is in the first chapter. I uh, Here's what I mean by that. I think oftentimes when you read books on um, the distraction of digital media or just how uh, connected we are on our phones, on our TV, Wi-Fi, that's some of the questions that we're always asking, um, you're always looking at um, a lot of the content that's out there, a lot of the literature that's out there is surrounded around... Um, tips and tricks to reduce um, digital influence, tips and tricks to reduce um, depending on your Mm -hmm. digital devices and so on. And he doesn't start off that way. He goes on to begin by explaining how digital media has actually conditioned us to consider the next thing. And so he gives this example of him washing dishes this one night. And after he's done washing the dishes, the first thing he has an impulse to do is to check his phone and to look at Instagram. And he was saying like, there's no reason for me to look at Instagram. Why would I be looking at Instagram after washing the dishes? Or um, 
you know, the first thing you do when you wake up is you check your emails or you check uh, Instagram or you check text your messages. Yeah, yeah, you check your 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 phone. And and so the idea behind that is <clears throat> isn't so much that those things are bad, but the idea is that um, or I mean they could be, but the idea here is that we have become so conditioned to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, um, that not only is life, but but uh, our lives digitized are almost like task lists. So it's the next thing, it's the next thing, it's the next thing that I want to check, it's the next social media platform that I need to check, it's the next email that I need to do, it's the next text message that I want to get. And 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 there's this awkward silence when you're not receiving text messages. Mm-hmm. And his argument is the reason we have become so conditioned by digital media is because we are afraid to be alone with our thoughts. And mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. profound. And uh, and I was like, oh, snap. No, I'm not. Play this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Hold on. Let me check my phone right quick and let take me, a pause. Let up. me see. Let me reflect as I look at Instagram. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, let me decompress. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, so that is essentially his argument. The argument is we have become so conditioned to the next thing because of digital media or the availability of digital media and our connectivity to digital media that we, at the end of the day, are simply afraid to be alone with our thoughts. And so, um, uh, once you've reflected on that once that's convicted you enough then the tips and tricks i think are really helpful and the truth is as of right now he's actually not providing any tips and tricks he's Mm. just expanding Mm -hmm. on that argument that's awesome um yeah so that's that's what i think makes it really helpful because i think like the book that everett read digital minimalism he goes into what this is going to look like practically for you this is how you reduce digital influence this is how you reduce um the amount of time that you spend on on your phone or being connected to all these different things. Um, there's several books out there. There's another one called Analog Church, and there's several podcasts on, um, you know, make analog cool again. And uh, and the idea behind a lot of that is, yeah, those are really great tips and tricks to reduce digital influence. I think Alan Noble does a really good job on. Let me tell you why. Um, you're so connected. You're so connected because you've been conditioned to not like being alone with your thoughts. And that then distracts you from being uh, a witness to the world for who you serve because you're so enamored by this digital influence. And so that's been really helpful to read. The next book I'm reading is called uh, Praying with Paul, A Call to Spiritual Formation. It's by D.A. Carson. Um, really good book. So what D.A. Carson does is he pulls several of Paul's prayers through his epistles and he breaks them down into, this is a foundation of prayer. This is a good format of prayer. This is a prayer of Thanksgiving. So he unpacks how Paul prays and the theology, if, if you will, behind Paul's prayer life. And so mm-hmm. it's been really cool because sh- that is an area that's a, that I'm weak in, that I'm not generally the best at um, thinking through a lot of the things that you see Paul thinking through in his prayer to, to the Colossians, to the, to the Thessalonians in particular, right? Paul is constantly praising and thanking God for his work and the lives of these people. And at the same time, you see Paul's heart for these Christians. Like he wants them to be discipled. He wants them to be nourished and knit together uh, as a body in Christ. He wants them 
to grow up in the Lord. And that's coming out in his prayers because his posture is all about praise for who God is and thankfulness for what God has done. And so it is very pastoral, but it is also, um, it's certainly convicting, but it is also very formative. Um, because I think oftentimes I approach prayer like a shotgun, just, all right, we'll see where we'll go with this. <laughs> and so when you read through the epistles, you see Paul's prayers are very calculated and intentional and pastoral and genuine and meaningful. And, and he gen like this love he has for the churches that he's writing to is genuinely driven um, by what God has done for him, what God is doing in those those uh, those Christians, and that's what drives Paul to to say some of the things he does in a variety of his prayers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, praying with Paul by by D. A. Carson has been really cool, really helpful, and uh, and certainly certainly convicting. But anyway, so yeah, those are two of the books that I'm reading. The other ones I didn't bring. Cause I need to finish these two first, <laughs> but yeah, so we wanted to take some time to just talk about what we were reading and, uh, hope that that encourages you and hope that, uh, you might want to pick up some of these books, uh, especially as the summer comes, that tends to be a time where many individuals and families have a little bit more time. And so that would be, uh, a really good opportunity to, to start picking up some of these books. So Um, All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for this morning. Hope you were encouraged by all these uh, books. And uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning. And we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.